Welcome to the Thrive Podcast from Syngenta, where the latest news, farming tips, and innovations come together to educate and inspire. Growers are in the midst of harvest or, you know, about to be kind of in the thick of harvest. And we know that they heavily rely on each season's data to make the decisions for the next upcoming season. Um, recently, last week, I even heard from a grower who noted that they're, you know, often planning for the upcoming year before they even finish harvest, which is kind of bizarre if you think about it, but that's kind of the role that producers and farmers have to be in, um, especially this year with supply chain issues uh, still being kind of that topic of conversation. So today I'm here with Dale Ireland, who is the corn and soybean seed treatment technical product lead with Syngenta based out of um, St. Louis, Missouri. So happy to have you on the podcast today. That's a pleasure to be with you. Kind of just getting right into it. How early do you recommend looking or locking in seed treatment decisions and product for the upcoming season? Like what's that kind of that time frame? Well, I mean, obviously, Anytime growers are purchasing seed or thinking about purchasing seed, whether it's corn or soy, um, I believe seed treatment should be coming into play. Uh, as much as seed costs today, and as many traits, and as much as we're all relying on those genetics to deliver yield, seed treatments are becoming so important to people and more and more seed is being treated. When we're thinking about purchasing seed, it's what type of seed treatment do I need uh, to protect that investment? Because obviously, um, you know, without good seed and good plant stand, uh, this next spring, you don't end up having the yield that you depend on and that you've marketed. Cool. So, okay, then what are some of the main factors to consider when they are weighing those options? Because it's not like there's one or two or three seed treatment options available, right, on the market. There's many. Um, so what are some of those key factors that go into um, that consideration of, of purchasing? I've spent the vast majority of my career in actually the seed business on the seed side, I've only been in the crop protection seed treatment R&D work, you know, the last 10 or 12 years. So um, I definitely bring a hat of a, a customer point of view. When I think of preparing for the next season, I think of, okay, what soy or corn variety or hybrid respectively uh, do I need for my farm? What maturity do I need? What um, genetic packages, what particular, you know, just inherent, you know, within that plant natural um, diseases or issues like SDS or, or um, sudden death syndrome, uh, that there's a lot of genetic tolerance differences across that. So be sure, you know, you're, you're checking on that. And then soybean cyst nematodes, another issue that we have some pretty decent um, genetic resistance available. So Katie, I think it's really important that growers think about the pests they have on their farm. You know, are they reduced till? Are they no till? You know, where are they north to south? Because normally that'll increase insect pressure uh, or, or different disease spectrums as you're north to south. And just kind of decide, okay, these are the key pests on my farm or maybe on these two or three or four different farms and then I need something a little different packaged somewhere else. So what we need to do is really think about what will the genetics not cover? You know, obviously if it's naked seed, if we're talking about soybeans, you need to protect the genetics to make sure you get most all of your seed up with a good high quality comprehensive seed treatment so that then those genetic and agronomic traits go to work for you. Why buy seed if you're going to lose a very high percentage of it? You know, like 15, 20, 25% of that seed doesn't come up. You bring up a good point, especially if you're spending 
all the money to put seed in the ground and your time to put seed in the ground, you kind of want to make the most of that investment. Right. So I, I, you make a good point. It's not a, it's not a matter of if you apply a seed treatment or not, just how comprehensive you want that seed treatment to be. So I know I'm putting you a little bit on the spot here, but if you could outline five um, key tips to selecting the right seed treatments, you know, what would those be? There's a couple of them I've already really kind of touched on, but certainly there's five or six pretty easily that come to mind. I mean, the first one I'd say is really use all those tools or all those golf clubs in your bag. Don't don't leave one in the bag just because, you know, the, including things like non-host crop rotation. Don't grow the same crop over and over and over. You're asking for trouble on that acre. The second one, what type and how comprehensive a seed treatment do I need? And Obviously, not every seed treatment's the same. There's a great deal of variety in the amount of protection different active ingredients mm. offer. Number three, I'd say, is probably know what's in that seed treatment and why you're using it. Uh, multiple modes of action for something like pythium. I mean, pythium is one of the first diseases your germinating and developing seed and seedling are going to see every year. They really like cool, wet weather, and you know, pythium is a, can be a problem from 45 degrees soil temperature clear up to 75. So it has a very broad host range, and there are thoughts sometimes that the later you plant, the less you need seed treatments. I would challenge that thinking. Something else to think about is when you're planting early, Mother Nature really gives you a, a real kick in the seat of the pants and, and you've got to get in there and replant some weak spots. You have plenty of time, right? But what I would also say is the later that you are in the planting season or towards the end of the planting season, when that soil's warm and there's a lot of sunshine and, and it seems as though the growing season, not just the planting season, you're kind of through most of it, you have even less time then to replant. You know, um, Phytophthora is an issue in warmer soils. Rhizoctonia is a problem as those soils begin to dry out and it's warmer. So there really isn't a time when you're planting that there aren't plenty of pathogens and plenty of uh, insects that can be attacking that, that seed and seedling. And the later that you go in the planting season, the less time you have to go back and replant very many acres. And I would just say that a good seed treatment across your planting window is important. Multiple modes of action are also pretty important. In our latest um, Cruiser Max Apex product, we've got two really strong modes of action for Pythium and Phytophthora. They're each a different mode of action. So when you have those, both of those modes of action, you get a more thorough protection against Pythium. And uh, the Phytophthora, of course, is, is another real yield robber uh, to our soybean growers. If you had to guess or like quantify an amount of time that putting a seed treatment on a seed saves a grower ultimately throughout the season, um, or even, even just in planting, even just in, as you're waiting for that plant to emerge, I know it's not scientific by any means, but is there like a ballpark or does it even save them time? Essentially? I would say there are, um, very tangible benefits and then possibly some less tangible benefits. Like a less tangible benefit might be you sleep better at night knowing that you've done everything possible to ensure the best plant stand you can get. They know that once they put a seed treatment on that seed, they're going to 
um, be able to plant and get the most up based on the environment they're in. So if you chose not to put on a seed treatment or maybe kind of cut some costs on that acre and used a less expensive, less protective seed treatment, you might worry about that. Then there's also the far more tangible items. And that is when the, the two modes of action for Pythium, for instance, uh, in our latest product, Cruzumax Apex, what we've seen is a predictable improvement in plant stand, as well as the robustness of those early little seedlings and the uniformity that we see across that plant stand. And that's really what you're looking for, for the highest yield potential of that genetic package that you've so carefully selected for your acre. I would say one of the last points I would make what we depend on seed treatments for is to protect as much as the genetic potential that that seed offers. I mean, our, our, our seed companies, our plant breeders have worked years to develop, you know, a hybrid or, or a, a variety, and we have carefully selected that variety. So, uh, and we're paying for all of that in that seed, and that's certainly not getting cheaper every year. Well, it goes back to like protecting that investment, right? I feel like as a grower, you're, you have to baby, like there's only so much you can control. So you have to baby and really like protect and manage the things that you can control or protect the seed that you are putting into the ground and really kind of take a lot of that time and, and energy into it up front to make sure that you are setting yourself up for success for the whole season. And you mentioned people don't not everybody uses a seed treatment. So what would their reason for not using a seed treatment be? And what would you say to those growers to kind of get them on board? I think there's a couple of responses I'd like to make um, to that. One is there are fewer and fewer growers who don't depend on seed treatments. If you're using 20 or 30 year old active ingredients, um, it's kind of like using, you know, an old cell phone or your, your, 10 or 20 year old truck. Not that there's anything absolutely wrong with that, but there have been a lot of innovations and a lot of improvements in what we have today um, that are much more intrinsically active, maybe, um, on specific pests. Cruiser Max Apex has the most activity of any active ingredient that's available. We've never wow. found any Pythium species or an individual within those, those groups of, of Pythium that is not susceptible. Everything is susceptible to this. Because of that source, the PCBX, it is super robust against everything that we've ever tested it against. And I've been working with it for eight years, and we've not found anything that is that can overcome it. So wow. um, there are solutions that are 10, 20, 30 years old that no longer work as well. I think it goes back to really protecting that investment that you've spent so much time and money up front already pouring into. Why not get the most out of it that you can for that ultimate yield potential? I think another thing that's kind of fun to think about is nobody walks onto one of these big multiplex uh, truck uh, sales um, lots and says, I want a pickup truck. Just sell me a pickup truck. It doesn't matter if it's a Daihatsu or a Dodge or a Ford or a Chevy. I just want a pickup truck. Mm -hmm. They know exactly what they want. They know what weed problems they have on their, their farms. They know what herbicides typically are the type of herbicide trait they plan to use on soy. Everyone just acts like a seed treatment's a seed treatment. 
just put a seed treatment on there? Or no, I'm not going to put a seed treatment on. That's kind of been the decision point. And what I'm challenging folks to think about is the amount of different AIs and seed treatments is more similar to like different fungicides or different herbicides that are out there. And the amount of spectrum and the amount of activity and the amount of end result is every bit as different with what types of seed treatments you use. One last question. Are there any words of advice specifically you have for growers who will be starting to make those seed treatment selections shortly um, or as they go into 2023? Any, any words of wisdom? Yeah, I, I would ask them as they're talking with their seeds person and them helping um, the grower make a decision on what seed hybrids, what seed varieties they have. Um, ask them, so what's in your seed treatment? What's innovative? What's new in that seed treatment? Why did you adopt that? So try to understand how innovative they are and what's new and what's being brought to the table and why they made that change. I do appreciate you coming on and talking to our listeners today about, um, you know, five different things to keep in mind as they're, they're looking for their seed treatment and different things to consider when they're weighing those different product selections and um, just sharing your insight with our growers. Well, it's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you, Katie, and I'm happy to do it anytime it makes sense. So thanks again for the opportunity. If growers want to hear more information or learn more about Cruising Max Apex or just our seed treatments in general, um, is there like kind of a central location that they can go to learn more? Well, I think certainly um, you can do that at... Um, at their local Syngenta seed care outlet, you know, their local retailer that, that has Syngenta seed care products. They certainly have information about that. They can talk with the local um, Syngenta reps or the local agronomist. Perfect, thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time today. Oh, pleasure to be with you, Katie, thank you. As we wrap up the final bit of the Last Ingena Thrive podcast in the series, we want to thank all of our listeners, subscribers, and our guests for making this what it's been. We're thankful to have been able to provide listeners with agronomic insight, tips, news, and fun conversation. With the sunset of the Thrive podcast series, we'd love to encourage our listeners to head over to Thrive Online at SyngentaThrive.com for more of the in-depth stories you heard on our podcast. Or for agronomic insight from the field, listeners can check out NoMoreGrowMore.com and find information specific to crop and geography. And like we've mentioned on previous podcasts, the Syngenta Grow More Experience sites are an amazing resource for growers wanting to see firsthand some of those solutions for key insect, weed, and disease threats that we talked about throughout the podcast. Reach out to your local Syngenta representative to find a Grow More Experience site near you where you can touch, see, tear, and dig during in-person trials throughout the season or visit syngenta-us.com slash agronomy slash virtual dash GME for a virtual experience. Thank you for an amazing year, Thrive listeners. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Podcast. Always read and follow label instructions. 